Hi, we're Shannon and Jerry Arner. And our dog, Betty White. Your hosts of the Arner Adventures podcast. Could we have named it something more creative? Probably. But it's the name of our blog. It's our last name. We're on an adventure. Yada, yada, yada. After running our own business, working 24-7. And don't forget a mental breakdown in between. We made a lifestyle change and decided to make the most out of life. We sold our house, most of our belongings, downsized, and moved to the coast. We live life minimally, but fully. We live each day as an adventure. This show will help you learn how to live life more fully, with more intention, by experiencing more, and with less stuff. We'll talk about our own experiences, interview others who have much to share by creating a spark in our lives. Some days we'll share real life ongoings of what we're going through and others will talk about our favorite flavor of waffle. Come join our adventure. It's It's the the Arner Adventures Adventures Podcast. Podcast. Hello, everyone. I'm Shannon. And I'm Jerry. Betty White, our sweet golden girl, is also here. And we are back for episode 45 of the Arner Adventures podcast. We're moving right along. Moving right along. And today we have a spark in our lives episode that is really going to have you amped to get to living. Sure is. But before we get to our guests, we want to tell you about our episode sponsor, Southern Oak Artisan. Southern Oak Artisan, not only do they do so much for this podcast, but they do so much for bringing that Hugay coziness to our home. Oh, indeed. Southern Oak Artisan makes 100% natural soy candles. Now that the weather is getting cooler, gosh, we just love having their candles burning. Their hand-poured candles are curated with only the highest quality ingredients, 100% natural soy, and clean fragrance oils. Their scents are gentle rather than overwhelming and won't tarnish the air you breathe like other candles. I know. It makes for such a nice environment. And we think that you should try them out for yourself. You can go to southernoakartisan.com and use code ADVENTURE for 10% off of your candle order. We're going to link all that down for you in the show notes. And we are really appreciative of Southern Oak Artisan for their sponsorship of today's episode. Speaking of today's episode, this guest, wow, he is a package of positivity. Just everything about motivation and positive energy rolled up into one person. What a guy. What a story. Absolutely. I could not have said that better myself. Are you ready to go ahead and get to our guest? Yes. Can't wait. So our guest today is Sean Anderson. We told you a little bit about him in the beginning, but now we're going to get deep into all things Sean. Sean is a number one ranked motivational author, unlimited thinker, and lifetime entrepreneur with a history of inspiring others. He's a seven-time author. He is also the creator of Extra Mile Day, which we're going to get into, but it's a day of recognizing the power we have to create positive change when we go the extra mile. On November 1st of 2021, 528 cities made the declaration and recognized local extra mile heroes. Sean has walked across eight countries. He's also pedaled a bike ocean to ocean across the U.S. solo twice. There are some people who talk health, fitness, and live in life to the max, but there's others who live it. Sean Anderson, thank you so much for being with us today. Mm, Shannon, how lucky am I to be on your show? Thank you so much. (laughs) Oh my gosh. You know, we're the ones who are lucky and I... Cannot even express to you how motivational, of course, you probably hear that all the time, but I feel like all we did was we've not even spoken before like this, it's not only via email, but even just reading that and then going to your website and reading all of the things that you've accomplished, we are so into mindset and what gets people to this point. 
So I can't wait to dig more into your brain. <laughs> well, let's get your shovel out and let's start digging. Let's go for it. Okay. It seems like your journey started in your 20s. And you know what? When I think about me in my 20s and how lost I felt, and most people are sort of in this lost area in their 20s, I find that really impressive. So tell me about that. Tell me about how this journey started. Tell me about a little bit about your mindset. And then what made you start taking the quote unquote extra mile in your life? Well, I had just graduated from Berkeley and I had no money. I had no jobs prospects. I had no home. And I literally was homeless right after that. And I was struggling so much to find both a place to live and a place to work. And it was then and there that I realized, man, you are responsible for creating any change and you better get your act together because this life that you're living really is pretty crummy right now. And so initially I found a place to sleep in a guy's van. And then I moved into a cockroach infested apartment where my two roommates were, neither one spoke English and I don't speak Spanish. And it was one of those places where you turned on the lights at night and literally the floors moved with a thousand cockroaches. And I had to be able to pay for rent and survive. And so I found a graveyard shift job at 7-Eleven working 11 p.m. to 7 at night while I was trying to find a real job in the daytime. Right. And it was then after I would complete my shift that I started reading every motivational book I could, every motivational book. And I started wondering, what is it that made these people such excellent achievers and what helped them reach their dreams and their goals? And I started just to reprogram my head. And so, you know, that's kind of how it all started for me. It was really starting to control what I thought in order to control what I felt, in order to control what I did. The thoughts, the feelings, the actions, they're what changed my mind. And it's all because of that beginning that I had. Wow. So from when this sort of started and you said, okay, I need to get it together. And then when things started clicking and changing for you, what kind of time frame was that? Fiddlesticks, it was pretty soon. It was literally within six months. And it's a really interesting story that some people would go, wow, that's really like Twilight Zone-ish. So I was in San Diego and one weekend I was just out there and I was running on the beach. I've always been an avid exerciser and I was jogging and then I stopped because there was this one interesting seagull, this seagull that was just standing on the sand and he was just staring mesmerized looking out out of the ocean. He wasn't with the other seagulls that were all crowded around. He was just there. And for some reason, something inside me said, watch the bird. And so I literally watched that bird for so long until the bird turned and he looked at me. He stared at me and then he took off and he flew straight out over the ocean. And so this whole moment I was going, my God, what was that? That's so weird. And then I'm studying the bird. Wait, 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 wait. Where's he going? There's nowhere out there. He's just flying over the ocean. Right. And I had this thought, I want to live like that. I want to soar like that, unafraid, not needing to know where I'm going, but just having the power and courage to go. Now, at that exact time, one of the books I was reading was this book, the autobiography of Benjamin Franklin, and he was writing about accountability systems. Mm -hmm. And so I said, I'm going to create my own accountability system based upon what I just felt about soaring. So I came up with this concept called SOAR, S-O-A-R, right there on that beach back then. The S stands for seeing your dream, seeing the dream so clearly, so well that you know where you're going and nothing is going to stop you. The O in SOAR stands for organizing, organizing that dream into a step-by-step -step plan so that you have action steps that you can move towards the dream. The A stands for acting, taking action on that plan every single day, not going home and sitting on the couch, but what did you do today to work those steps? The R stands for rejecting, rejecting the failure, the stinking thinking, whatever's blocking you from getting what you want. 
S-O-A-R. That's how it started. Within a couple of months, I decided I was no longer a person that works for other people, but I worked for myself. From that point on, for the rest of my life, I became an entrepreneur and I created my destiny. Oh my gosh. So I just wrote that down. I love nuggets like that. So Soar, do you believe, gosh, I know we're getting deep here, but, and we're going to get to other questions, but it just made me think so many people are all about, you know, manifestation and manifesting what you want. And I believe when you do that, you are manifesting isn't just like putting out the universe and hope it happens. I mean, you have to act on it, but I think that that's what manifestation is personally. What are your thoughts? Someone talks about manifesting their destiny or what they want. What are your thoughts about that? In that particular case, I believe that I had primed my spirit so much for seeing something that would spark something within me. You know, here I was reading all these motivational books and I so desperately wanted bigger, more, and I knew I was the one that was responsible for creating it. And so I believe that when we start transformation from the inside, we are able to witness transformation from the outside, the things that will help us change. We will find inspiring moments and miracles and people when that is what we are desperately looking for. You will find what you seek, right? And mm -hmm. so I think back then, you know, I wanted so much for so much bigger. It was in me. And when I just found that match to light my inspiration, to light the lantern, to light the fire that has kept on burning ever since. Yeah, I believe a lot of manifesting, but I believe in manifesting with action. Mm -hmm. In that particular case, I wasn't just wishing for change. I was changing my mind within. I was reading the books. I was doing the things. I was practicing all the principles to create what I wanted. You know what I've realized? What's that, Jer? People think that when the temperatures cool down that you don't need to drink as much water. Dehydration can happen any time of year. Drinking water is important year-round. It's easy to stay hydrated with Liquid IV. Absolutely. Liquid IV is a hydration multiplier. It's a powder in a packet, so you can take them with you wherever you go. It's an electrolyte mix that you just add to your water. It delivers two to two and a half more hydration than water alone. So many flavors to choose from, too. Grape, tropical punch guava, passion fruit, strawberry. Okay, okay. Liquid IV has a ton <laughs> of flavors. There is something for everyone. If you want your water to work harder for you, you should definitely try Liquid IV. And for our listeners, if you go to their website, liquid-iv.com and use code ARNERADVENTURES, you can save 15% and get free shipping. We'll link it in the show notes too. Liquid IV, fueling life's adventures. Have you always been driven like that? Have you always sort of been able to I'm thinking if I was in these rough times, and it is the difference in mindset, but if I was in these rough times, I'm standing on the beach and I see this seagull, I don't know that I would have just come up with that. So have you always sort of been that insightful and driven? Well, in that particular case, when you're reading so, so much and your brain is just alive with the word, and the idea and the thought, things come to you. Man, right. I remember when I was first an entrepreneur, I would go into a businesses and I say, I can help your business grow. I can do it and it won't cost you you don't have to pay me any money to do it. But if we succeed, I'm going to ask for 10% of the improvement that we had. Mm. Now, my brain was so in tune with always looking to how to create business and how to create change that it was impossible for me to ever even go into a restaurant and to start looking around at everything to look, what could they do? How could they make this better? Because when we start programming ourselves to see things, the things just start coming to us much more. Right. So during this time frame. You have now this approach to soar. When did you actually go and pedal across the U.S. and walk all these countries? And when did all of that stuff happen? You know, it was a progression. I suppose the walking, we'll take the walking of the countries. So I've walked okay. across eight countries since 2014. So 
that was stimulated by a guy who sent me a book that he wanted me to write a testimonial for. And the book was called A Million Steps. And so this dude had just walked across this country, Spain, on something called the Camino de Santiago. And so I'm mm-hmm. reading the book. I had never heard of it before, this walking across a country or anything. And I'm, as I'm reading the book, man, I'm hearing these whispers in my soul. The whispers are saying, man, you shouldn't be reading this, but you should be doing this. 60 mm-hmm. days later, after I had finished writing this guy's testimonial, I was in St. Jean, France with a backpack, not knowing really what was in store for me. But the next day I walked over the Pyrenees Mountains and 27 days later, I walked 550 miles to Finisterre, Spain. What? It was an incredibly challenging thing, but at the very, very end, I'd never felt anything more empowering in my life. My passion was made deeper. My purpose was made further. And at that point, I knew that this was something, not only was it a chance to see a country like you could never see a country. When you're walking through a country, you go to the small villages and towns and you see the people. But you get deeper within yourself, your own physicalness, your mentalness, your emotional stuff. You start being able to need to rely upon yourself to get to the next place, right? Mm -hmm. And so now I call them my axe sharpening adventures. And I believe that as we live life, we become dull. Life itself dulls us. The cars honking, the people shouting, the meanness, the news, all of that. It starts to dull us. It starts to just get into this survival mode where we're just trying to survive and make it to the not even the next day, but the next moment realizing that, I knew that I needed to go sharpen myself just like a lumberjack has to sharpen his axe in order to split the wood. We have to sharpen ourselves in order to go live the most passionate, positive lives we can. Mm. So now I go on these axe sharpening adventures. I'm about ready to head out on another one in the next six weeks. I'll be walking across Greece. So that will be the ninth one that I've done. And this one's a shorty, but it's still 115 miles, which makes a lot of people go, that's a long ways. But when you've walked as far as 750 miles on one, it's not that far. Right. But if you want to live your best life, you've got to find your own axe sharpening ways to make sure that you stay sharp. Axe sharpening. Mm-hmm. Some people would say that just getting out of your comfort zone, but I love axe sharpening. That's a really great term. When you're not doing these things, are you just itching to get out and do another walk or something else to sort of empower you like that? Well, I'm itching to live my life, right? Mm -hmm. When I come back from an axe sharpening adventure, I mean, I'm more passionate about the projects that I'm taking on. My purpose, the projects that I, they become more defined in my brain. So during this time, you know, that's what I'm starting to work on. And then when I start to feel myself get dulled again, I go, oh, Buster, you got to go do something again because you're not nailing it like you should be nailing it. I know your intention is living life, but you do realize that you are inspiring people. I mean, I know that your mission statement on your website is to empower 1 million people to lead a more positive, passionate, and purposeful existence. So when you're doing these things, are you also knowing, okay, this is also my way to hopefully empower other people to go on an act sharpening adventure? Absolutely. You know, I think there's far too many people that get on a stage wearing a black suit and they sit there and tell everybody how to be healthy, how to have great relationships, how to create adventure, how to do this, and they've never done any of themselves. If mm-hmm. you're going to talk any talk, you better be walking what you're talking. And so how can you ever have compassion for someone who's struggling if you've never struggled? How mm-hmm. can you ever teach people how to succeed if you've never known what it was to fail? So yeah, man, I throw myself out into the world in order to become sharper so that I in turn have the tools to help make other people sharper. When you encounter someone who is, you know, there are some people that and for one reason or another they're not as positive. They're not as hopeful that they can do things. They're stuck in the way their mindset that they have been. I mean, I've been there and I think you almost have to have something where a switch turns or whatever to motivate you, I guess. But when you 
are encountering, when you personally are encountering someone like that, who maybe is coming to you and saying, I am just at the bottom. I don't have the motivation. It can be very draining and negative. So how do you face that? How do you handle that? And then on the other end, people who are just negative. I mean, no matter how hard you try, there are some people who are just negative, just really crappy people. I mean, how do you encounter that yourself? Well, I don't have the power to change anybody. You know, mm -hmm. I wish I had a Harry Potter magic wand that I could wave and say, okay, great. Now you're positive and powerful and passionate. I just don't have that. The only thing I have the power to do is my words and to share with them how to change. Now, if they're not receptive to the words, if they're not receptive to making those words their own, then I'm just wasting my time. There's just too many people out there that want bigger, better, more. They want to give, they want to share, they want to live. I'm going to go find those people. Those people are going to find me. Those are the people that I'm going to spend time with. The rest of them I call energy thieves, the ones that just try to just mm -hmm. soak me dry. I used to spend time with that till my glass just became so empty I didn't have enough to pour into someone else's glass. Now I'm just smart enough to realize that, again, I do not have the power to change people. If mm -hmm. they do not have the basic willingness in their heart to want to change, then we aren't going anywhere. We're getting into a car with no sets of keys. Mm. you know, and so mm -hmm. I can't give people the keys. They have to own them themselves. What about people in your life who are toxic? They're just not good for you as a person. Do you shut them out? Just cut it out. I can't handle it. I can't have you in my life. How do you handle people who are, you know, they could be friends or family or have been. How do you handle that? I spend very, very, very little of my energy on them. Uh -huh. I can't. I'm a human being that if you punch me enough times, I will bruise. If you cut me enough times, I will bleed. But I have a self-awareness that I bruise and I bleed. So I don't put myself in a situation where I'm going to get bruised or be forced to bleed. So right. that's our choice. You know, if we go to work every day and we hate our boss, we hate our job, we hate our employees. Well, whose fault is that? It's not their fault. It's your fault. Right. You're choosing to go get bruised every day. You know, there's nothing we can do about that until you have the courage to stand up and say, I deserve more. I deserve better. And there's an employer out there that's going to appreciate that. Yeah. And we've got to be able to look at the person in the mirror and say, man, I got to quit pointing fingers because it's you. It's you that's going to change. It's you that's going to change this relationship that I'm in that it sucks. It's you that's going to change your career direction. It's you that's going to get your act together and make things happen. Because the longer that you look at your spouse, your partner, your neighbor, the government, uh, whoever then the longer you're going to stay in the rut that you're in until the rut's going to come so deep and you're in there so long, that's the rut you get buried in. Mm. I bet you have excellent boundaries. I have what I call my non-negotiables. Uh-huh, right. First off, you have to know what your non-negotiable is because then when you start straying from your non-negotiable, what you're basically saying is, okay, world, have your way with me. I'd rather be the person that says, I'm going to have my way with the world, right? right. So my non-negotiables are every day, I have to maintain health. Every day, I have to go out and see nature. Every day, I have to go have a walk with my dogs because they're my greatest teachers and they remind me to sniff the air and to walk slow. And these are the non-negotiables. These are things that I'm going to do no matter what's happening in my world because they're what create my balance. My non-negotiable is, is that I don't hang out with people that start firing negatives. That's a non-negotiable. If that's the person there, then they're not in my world very long. So know your non-negotiables. I guess someone could say is know your values. Know what means something to you. Because if you don't practice what means something to you, no one else is going to help you practice that. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I heard in one of your interviews that you live three days in one. Is that your way of sort of 
grabbing life and but living it the way that you want is that with that drive and focus, it seems like it would be maybe draining or is it just you are living your life and then you reflect on it and say, hey, it's like I live three days in one compared to someone else. It's not quite like that. It's a chance to forgive myself and start over three times. So I break my day into eight o'clock, 12 o'clock, four o'clock. Those are my three days. So at eight o'clock from 12 o'clock, I know what I want to do, what I want to achieve, what I want to make happen. And if it doesn't happen by 12 o'clock, 12 o'clock starts a new day and I don't have to continue to live with the upset that eight o'clock was terrible. I go, okay, all right, 12 o'clock, here we go. Chance to reset, reset, Mm -hmm. restart. Let's get going again. Let's start over. Don't worry about what didn't happen. Let's create now what can happen. So go back to your plan. Let's see, where do we need to tweak this? Let's make this happen again. 12 o'clock, start over. It's like that. It's like that freshness that you have every morning that the sun comes up again. You get to get up and you get to start a new day. Mm -hmm. I've just created my day that I get to start a new day three times. And I don't have to start a day feeling negative. I get to start the day again feeling hope. And when you have hope, when you have hope in your moment, you have hope throughout the whole day, there's a chance that something good's going to happen. So eight o'clock, 12 o'clock, four o'clock, I've got the hope that I'm about to turn this dude around. Wow. You know, I read somewhere where there's so many people who they don't know this term, but they are having at night, they can't sleep and they're trying to cram so many things because they're trying to get vengeance on their day where they didn't have the day that they wanted. They feel really terrible about the day that they wanted. And I would imagine for you, when you lay your head down at night, you sleep pretty well. Well, I'll tell you, once again, everything in life, as far as being positive, being aware, living a self-directed life, it all comes back down to what are you putting in your head? Mm -hmm. So the last thought, my last conscious thought before I sleep each night is not dwelling on all the crap that went wrong, but Mm -hmm. it's finding the highlight. What was the highlight of my day? What was the highlight? What went well? Because mm. if I can go to sleep remembering the highlight, I'm giving my a chance to feel good about the day. And mm. anytime I have a chance to feel good about the day, I'm going to sleep a little bit better. And I wake up the next morning because yesterday was good because it had a highlight. Someone will say, well, what if you can't find a highlight in your day? Then you're not looking hard enough because every single day has a highlight. And the more you look for highlights, the more highlights you're going to see. So listen, we're probably not the first to introduce you to the topic of CBD or CBD oil. If you're anything like us, it seems like every time you turn around, you're seeing a neon sign for CBD sold here at your local grocery store in a window as you're driving by, or it flashes across your screen in an online ad. Shannon's sister told us about the benefits she was having from a brand she was using, and then we started paying attention to that brand. Spoiler alert, that brand is Danodan. Full transparency, we get about two to three CBD brands reaching out to us every week. And it wasn't until we started digging into the research that we learned that CBD isn't always CBD. They're just not all the same. Danadan Hemp Works makes organic hemp flower infusions. They're more than just CBD. Danadan's range of hemp products dissolve easily into any liquid and support your routine by helping you manage daily stress, promote healthy sleep, provide caffeine-free energy, and recover from activity-related stiffness and soreness. They also have CBD hemp flower infusion specifically designed for pets, and Betty White uses it every day. She loves it. We put it on our food. And with Danodan, you'll enjoy all the benefits of legal hemp, not just one or two compounds isolated in a lab. 
Get 20% off right now with the code ADVENTURE at danodan.com. We'll link it for you in the show notes. That's 20% off right now with the code ADVENTURE at danodan.com. Danodan, more than just CBD. Is that the way that you do get what you need? The way that you are filling your cup is by thinking that way and looking for those positive things or how one would maybe call it self-care? I mean, how do you practice self-care? How do you fill your cup? Well, there's, you know, I, it's like legs of a table. You know, if three legs of a table are working, but one's not, the table will collapse. And I think we're just like that too. I mean, I'm not new in saying that these four aspects of a person, the physical nature of us and health and the mental and the emotional and the spiritual, I think we've got to do a good job of keeping each of those balanced or else our table, our four-legged table becomes three and it's on the ground. I really focus on each of those areas and I make sure that I set adequate non-negotiable time to be strong and to be strengthening those areas so that my table, although it might be flimsy at times, it's always still standing. And right when I feel one of those legs getting a little shorter, that self-awareness kicks in and says, hey, Buster, you're kind of blowing it here. Let's get your act together. Let's do something. Let's make this table a little bit more balanced because a Mm -hmm. wobbly table eventually collapses. Right. I mean, obviously you're very athletic and active the way that you've walked countries and ridden your bike across the US twice. Do you intentionally go and exercise or is it just a way of your life, the way that you live your life, that you are active? I think both. People sometimes say to me, well, everything's easy for you. You know, it's easy for you. You're so positive. You're so this, you're so that. You don't struggle. You don't. Well, that's not true. Every day is a new commitment to be who I want to be. Every day is a commitment. Every day you need to put accountability into your life to be who you want to be. I don't just wake up and everything comes natural. Sometimes I do not want to go exercise. I do not want to do it. But when it becomes a non-negotiable and you understand the long-term effects of exercise in your life, then you get yourself out there. And if you can just get your legs moving for five minutes, you go, okay, this isn't so bad. You're all of a sudden, you then you move your legs for eight minutes. You go, this is feeling better. And then all of a sudden I go, well, I think I can jog a little bit. I go, oh my gosh, this hurts. Oh, but this feels better. When we start to do that, we give ourselves this like internal confidence in feeding our best self. And we start to feed our best self. We just want to keep eating the best stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's what it's like for me. I mean, I don't wake up every day and I don't go, you know, rah, rah, this is amazing. This is great. No, no, it takes work. It's a challenge because again, we're human beings. We're not machines. And if we're not feeding ourselves the right stuff, eventually we're going to break down. And if a person wakes up and they're feeling lazy, tired, exhausted, if they don't feel like they can continue, if they can barely make it through the day, well, then they're not feeding themselves the right stuff to keep going. We put the best energy into us in order to put the best energy out of us. And it's up to us to make sure that we're getting good energy into us because the world is going to do its damnedest to steal our energy every single day. The mm-hmm. bad email, the bad conversation, the bad call, the best friend who got sick, the parent who died, the dog who just had a $5,000 bet bill, the mm-hmm. car that doesn't work, the light bulb that went out in the house, whatever it is, all these things start to add up. They start to add up and they start to whittle away at us. They whittle away at our best energy until all of a sudden we got nothing left in us. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Do you believe in affirmations? Do you have positive self-talk throughout the day? Are there certain affirmations that you say or write down each day? Or again, this is sort of a mindset question because I'm enthralled by it. I just wanted to kind of get a better picture of the way you think, I guess. I use every opportunity I can to program my brain. I mean, I walk around right now, I'm looking at a couple of doors. I can see eyesight on each of those doors. There's the same thing written on both of them. One of them is the word 1 million and the other word is Oprah. On this door over here, there's one million and there's Oprah. So yeah, it reminds me every second that I go to open that door, 
one million. It's the number of people that I want to influence. Oprah, yeah, Oprah and I are going to sit down someday and we're going to have a talk and she's going to say, this is Sean Anderson. Okay. Those are two things that I want. So those are affirmations. Those are setting. You can't help but just say, well, yeah, let's just hope it happens. No. What's the plan to make those happen? It's one thing to have one million and it's one thing to have Oprah, but every single day I'm also reminded, what are you doing to do that? Right? I'll tell you, it works another way too. So I can't remember exactly what year it was now. The years go by so fast, but I think it was about four years ago. I wanted to take my extra mile message and I wanted to take it around the world. So I created an extra mile world tour where I was going to go speak around the world. And so one of the first places that I wanted to go speak to was the Philippines because I've got some staff members that live in the Philippines and I love that country so much. And so I said, Mm -hmm. you know what? We're going to create a speaking tour in the Philippines. So we started reaching out and contacting people. And one very influential person for the Philippines sent me an email. The email became so significant to me in what he said that I cut it out and put it on my door. And I still keep it up there as a reminder. This is what he said in this email. I'm reading it right off my door. Mm -hmm. It says, however, you must consider the culture here in the Philippines. No motivational speaker has ever gathered that number of crowd yet here in this country. Events such as concerts, religious gatherings, and even political gatherings can't even begin to sum up the number that you're asking for. A huge crowd here in the Philippines will only gather for a concert of a very popular band, singer, political gatherings, or rallies if there's money involved, or religious gatherings such as the Pope's visit. In our setting, we don't have life coaches here or appointments with psychologists. A crowd will only gather if there's money involved, food preparations for free certificates. I just don't think that you're going to be successful if you come here. So before I went there, that was someone saying, you can't do that. That's not going to happen here. Yeah. I spent 30 days in the Philippines. I had over 20,000 people come and hear me talk. Wow. And did you talk to this person after? <laughs> no, but that person's like one of the most influential people in my life because they absolutely sparked that fire because right. everything in me said, uh-uh, I believe that if you give someone a little bit of hope and show them how to make their life better, they're going to come. And if you're out there, if one person hears you speak, more are going to want to come. If 10 people hear you speak, 100 are going to come. Mm-hmm. If 100 hear you speak, a thousand are going to come. Yeah. Oh, wow. How long ago was that? I think that was 2017, 2018. Okay. It was over 30 days. And again, I was speaking my butt off. I mean, every day I'd go speak two or three times. It was just, but I am going back. I mean, now that this whole COVID thing has come to an end and the world has opened up again, man, I'm ready. I'm ready to go stretch myself. I'm ready to scare myself out of my pants again. I'm ready to go. Because if I find the courage to go do that, there's somebody that's in that crowd that's going to hear me, that one person, and they're going to do something 1,000 times more powerful than I ever could have done. Mm. But just as I needed to hear Benjamin Franklin, they might need to hear me. Right. How did you sort of manage compared to the rest of the world during COVID when you're locked in and you can't go out and speak to people? Were you doing it virtually? That was when you did your more walking, more biking. Like, how did you handle that time frame? Well, like everybody else, uh, you know, it was a really tough time. I mean, yeah, for a motivational speaker, it was somewhat crippling if you can't go find a stage, right? It'd take the mm-hmm. stage away from the speaker and the speaker just starts talking to himself on the beach an awful lot. You know, it was just a time of great reflection. It was a time of really appreciating the shortness of life. It was really a time of understanding that we need to be grateful every single day for our health, for people that are in our lives. It was a time of real deep reflection for me. Yeah. And I hope that I've come out of it a right. little more powerful, right? A little right. more powerful. Mm-hmm. 
When did you do the biking across the U.S.? Was that after the walking the countries and you came back? Or when did the biking happen? And twice. I mean, was it one right after the other? Or how did that work? Well, the interesting thing, Shannon, is I'm not even a bike rider, okay? So, yeah, mm -hmm. someone said, well, you pedaled the bike ocean to ocean twice. You're not a bike rider? No. That's all I've ever really rode a bike is just this. So the very really? first time I rode a bike, I had become a vegetarian. Mm -hmm. And I lost a lot of weight. And someone said, oh, my God, you look so unhealthy. You're so unhealthy. Everyone kept saying that. But yet I was feeling so great. Now, I already was a jogger, so I knew that I, and I had a strong heart, and I know that I have strong will, right? If, if there's a mountain to cross, I'm crossing it. I'll find a way to get there. So it was a, a weekend, and I went to a store in California called REI, and I bought a bike because I didn't even own a bike. Mm -hmm. And it was just a few days later, I dipped that back tire in the Pacific Ocean, and 48 days later, I dipped the front tire at Virginia Beach, Virginia. So that was number one. I just felt great, and I wanted to you know, just show others that this lifestyle choice that I had made is really amazing. So I averaged 83 miles a day pedaling a bike for 48 days and not riding a bike. The second time, I had already succeeded once in riding a bike and I wanted to create something to remind people to go the extra mile. So this is an event where I said, okay, I'm going to pull a Forrest Gump here as a symbol of what it means to go the extra mile. I'm going to ride a bike from San Francisco to Boston and along the way, but that's not all I'm going to do. Along the way, I'm going to organize events in 21 cities with the mayors of those cities, and I'm going to give a motivational talk. But yet, that's not all I'm going to do. <laughs> At these events, I'm also going to interview people that have been pre-identified by my staff in the city as people who have gone the extra mile in either volunteerism, service, or to make the world better. And I'm going to end up talking to over 200 of those people. But yet, that's not all I'm going to do. At the end of my ride, I'm going to decide to give away $10,000 of my own money to the stories most inspiring to me. But yet that's not all I'm going to do. I'm also going to create a special day in America, the first time ever called Extra Mile Day. And I'm going to get mayors to clap for the volunteers going the extra mile in their city. That was November 1st, 2009, the very first Extra Mile Day in the country. Oh. That was 23 mayors signed up that first year. And I thought that's pretty great that there's 23 crazy nutcase mayors just like me. <laughs> I thought that was a great idea. I did it in 2010. I did it every year since. And last year, as you said in the beginning, last yeah. year, 528 mayors across the United States declared Extra Mile Day and clapped for their local heroes. That is amazing. And how powerful that is. I mean, are, you're able to recognize that, right? I mean, I know you want to go an extra mile, probably. But I mean, you're able to recognize 528 cities is pretty damn impressive. Honestly, I think more. If you go to the website, extramileamerica.org, there's a one spot on there that we have the volunteers that we have thousands of people that have been recognized across the country. And I feel more grateful that we gave these people an opportunity to be seen, that we gave these people an opportunity to say, wow, this is a special human being. Look at the mm -hmm. value that they're adding to their community. And not only did I want to do that to encourage them to keep doing more of it, but I wanted it to also encourage other people to look at those people, not me. To look mm -hmm. at those people and say, wow, what can I do just like that person? What are some examples of some people who get recognized? Tell me about some of them. Well, I'll tell you some of my favorite examples as I was pedaling across the country. There's a couple of stories that I'll live with forever. Uh, one of them, I was coming through Columbus. It was in Ohio. And this woman had to be escorted up to me on someone else's arm because she was blind when she was just a kid. The headgear, the orthodontic headgear that she was wearing to straighten her teeth back then it had snapped. And when it snapped, it had gouged out both her eyes. Oh my God. And so Sheila Holsworth was 100% blind, but she was one of the extra mile people that I was spending time with that day because she chose not to live as a blind person. She was a downhill skier. She could ski down the hills being tied on a rope to someone else 
and she knew to turn left or right by how the snow hit her in the chest. She did tricks on the back of a boat water skiing. She had rode a bike tandem across her country. So even though she had no eyesight, she was doing things that other people aren't even doing, number one. Story number two, I was in Denver, Colorado. I met this couple, Brad and Libby Berkey, and Brad and Libby both quit their jobs and they decided to open up a restaurant. Now, opening a restaurant might not be that uncommon, but their restaurant is pretty cool. It's called the same cafe, S-A-M-E. It stands for so all may eat. So you go into the same cafe and when you sit down, the one thing that you don't get is a menu with prices. And at the end of the meal, you don't get a check with numbers and a bill because at the same cafe, you pay what you can afford to pay. And if you can't pay anything at all, then you can still pick up a broom and you can sweep or you can do the dishes. You can find another way. They wanted to find a way to give healthy, organic food to the population. Well, the same cafe is still going today. And not only that, but they have been the model for a number of restaurants like this to open up across the country. So both those examples are examples my life has been enriched by of people who truly go the extra mile, that truly go the extra mile and make a difference, not only in their inspiration, but in what they can do to serve other people. Right. Those are amazing stories. We wanted to take a pause for a second to tell you once again about how much we love Sugar Wish. If you're a regular listener, Sugar Wish isn't new to you. You already know how much we adore the fact that we count on Sugar Wish to send gifts to people. Why? Because it's easy. Yes. It's a time saver. Yes. You know the recipient is going to love it because they choose what they want. That's right. And it's not a gift that's going to take up space because it's edible. Yes. What's not to love? You forgot something. What's that? You save money because we have a code to share with our listeners. Oh my gosh, that's right. Use code Betty White. That's all caps, one word, Betty White, to save $7 off your gift to someone. We also have the link in the show notes. Yep. Whether you're gifting someone candy, snacks, tea, coffee, wine, or some dog treats to one lucky pup, that code works to save. Sugar Wish always saves the day. How many people does each city bring in and recognize? Does it just depend on the city? Yeah, it does. It just depends on the mayor. It depends on how much the mayor wants to embrace it. Maybe they're only making a declaration. Maybe some of them even start building a city walk called the Extra Mile City Walk, where they put bricks of the person's volunteer's name on the whole thing. I mean, okay. every city is different. And plus, every mayor is different, too. You know, there's been a lot of turnover since 2009. Yeah. Mayors change. Some cities keep going. Some cities don't. New cities come in. You know, it just all depends. What's that outreach like? Are you and your staff, like, picking up the phone? Or are you always going and seeing them? Or how do yeah, you get a, involved? It, it, it literally takes a strong four months to build extra mile days. So many more will come in. I think we're going to get close to 550 this year that are going to participate. So if someone is listening and they're like, oh gosh, I really wish our mayor would do this. Should they go to your website? Like what's the best way for someone other than a mayor, but wants them to get their city to get involved? What would they do? Well, I'll tell you one of the things I'm really super proud of is if you go to extramileamerica.org and you go look at the list of cities, we have the list of every city there. When you start scrolling, if you go to like the 2021 where there are 528, you scroll that list. It shows all 50 states. It shows all the cities and the mayors underneath that. That's pretty cool. So one thing they could do is if they go to the website, they can see if their city is participating. Mm -hmm. And if not, then they can certainly reach out to me and we can help them see if their mayor wants to participate. Okay. Because I'm sure everyone can think of someone of the stories that you're talking about who has gone the extra mile. And they're like, wow, this person really needs recognition. And not just us going and, hey, thank you, but real 
recognition on a day that's meant to recognize them. Well, you know, the extra mile message really is my theme. An extra mile day might be one day a year where we clap for volunteers going the extra mile, but but truly going the extra mile is a message that we should all be living with 365 days. And it's not only for the service of other people and volunteering, but it's also for improving our health, improving our own life, improving our family, and just being a good person, going the extra mile. We have so many opportunities to go the extra mile every single day. Someone says, well, not really. What can I do? Well, I'll tell you what, if you went to the grocery store and you were checking out your groceries through the grocery, the cashier stand, did you even take a moment to really talk to the cashier? Because there's a human being back there that's probably had a rough day and just go the extra mile and have conversation and say, I see you. I see you and I care. Thank you so much for being here, doing a good job. That's a way to go the extra mile. Someone says, well, you know, I can't walk like you, Sean. I can't do that. Let's just go the extra mile today and stretch for two minutes. That's all I'm asking you, man. Two minutes. Let's just go the extra mile. Because going the extra mile means just doing more than we normally do, right? So Mm -hmm. let's just stretch for two minutes. And then the next day, let's go for two minutes and seven seconds, right? There's so many ways. Someone says, well, you know, I'm just a retired person. I live at home. Well, you can go the extra mile and go find a volunteer purpose. Or you know what? Why don't you go water your neighbor's tomato plants that are looking a little dry? There's so many things that we can just do extra for, mm-hmm. extra for, right? Right, right. Do you set goals for yourself? Do you have like a planning time where like, okay, I'm going to do this. You've had so many milestones and so many huge successes, I think. And so looking at it, I'm thinking, do you look at the year and set goals for yourself or it's just a way of life every day? Oh, there is no doubt that I've got you know, things on my agenda that I want to do. And sometimes I'm just not doing them as fast as I think I should or I want to do. So I've started this new experiment with myself. Maybe it can be a value to somebody else too. So not only throughout the day do I break my day into three different times, but you remember when we were in school and don't go back to elementary school necessarily, but go to high school, you had first period and second period and third period and fourth period and fifth period and sixth period and seventh period. In each of those periods, you had your history, your English, your PE, your art, your whatever. And as soon as the bell rang, you went to your next class. So I found they took that model of how we help kids succeed and have these structured time periods, and I brought it back to my life today. So I also have periods in my day where this hour, I'm going to work on this project. And instead of being struggling with this for three hours, I move on. And as soon as the bell rings, I'm going to work on this project. And I'm starting Mm -hmm. to chip things off much faster because I'm going back to a model that helped us all get through high school. It's breaking my day, not only into these three separate days, but I have periods. So I work on my blog from this time to this time. I work Mm -hmm. on the book from this time to this time. I encourage people from this time to this time. I focus on social media from this time to this time. I focus on my staff's projects and supporting them from this time to this time. I exercise from this time to this time. I take my dogs out from this time to this time. I do my stretching and my breathing from this time to this time, right? Right. And so in doing so, in finding that structure, And people say, man, you don't live very spontaneous. That's not true, man. I'll tell you what I live. I live a life of getting things done. Mm -hmm. And when you get things done, you have the freedom to live however you want, right? I'm at a point in my life where I don't worry about money anymore. I only worry about leaving footprints. And it's only because of the structure that I brought into my life that I'm in a position to do this. Right. I'm all about productivity and you know, I've tried just about everything. What you're saying reminds me a little bit of the Pomodoro method, except they're little blocks of 25 minutes and I can hardly get anything done in that. <laughs> but I do time batch my day with different activities and I have found it keeps me more fresh 
And so when I move to the next thing, I feel a lot better about starting something new and I feel like I'm more productive and I am getting things done faster. Yeah. Than I amen, before. Shannon. Yeah. Amen. You know, I mean, you're just chipping things off. Things don't get done unless you put a little elbow grease behind them. And you know, and isn't that where stress comes from? Because we got this list of to-dos and the stress adds up because we ain't to-doing as much as we should be to-doing. And if we have this kind of structure, okay, wait, 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 I got to share this with you. I'll tell you one of the greatest tools to help people be productive that they could ever have in their life. And that is to find an accountability partner. So let's go back to that same model of school. Let's kick it all the way back to how do we get through elementary school? Again, the models of success have always been there. I'm not reinventing anything. I'm just practicing and refining what worked before. So we got through elementary school, these little kids, we learn how to read, we learn how to do math, we learn how to do these things because of and what I call the MDT accountability system, mom, dad, and teacher. The mom gets us up in the morning, the dad gets us to school, the teacher makes sure we do our work. If we didn't have the MDT accountability system, none of us would have succeeded. Those were the three people that were keeping us on mission, right? Right follow the same principle today. Go find your MDT system. Now you can't go to your mom and your dad and your teacher, but I'll tell you what, you can find an empowered human being that wants to change their life, that wants to change the world, that's got some goals and you start hooking up with them every day. So this is what I suggest. I say at the end of every day, you write down what you want to do tomorrow. You Mm -hmm. email that person the next day. They do the same to you. This is what I'm going to get done. So we're throwing it out there to hold accountable. The next day, what we're doing is we're saying, this is what I did do on my schedule today, and this is what I'm going to do tomorrow. What we're starting to do is refine that system where people are encouraging each other. Someone's looking at what we're doing. We're clapping for each other. We're supporting each other, and we're getting things done together. Right. Oh, gosh, I love that. So tell me about your books. I know that you've written a lot. So tell me about what those are. What was the basis of those? And you sound like you're working on one now. Well, okay. so. Sometimes people will ask me a question like, who are your role models or who influenced you? And what's influenced me are certainly people in books, but it doesn't mean that it's people that I've met. Two of my greatest mentors are two people that I'd never met. One of them, of course, was Benjamin Franklin and really showing me his accountability system Mm -hmm. because that whole accountability thing I've been modeling my whole life. The second one, and this gets to your question, was a guy named Og Mandino. Og Mandino wrote a book called The Greatest Miracle in the World. And in that book, it was so much different than all the other books of its time, like a Stephen Covey, The 10 Steps of Highly Successful People. Do these 10 things in life and you become rich. Do these 10 things in life to catch the person of your dreams. Do those 10 things in life to have a great career. It didn't resonate. I didn't like following these boring ass lists to do stuff. Og Mandino showed me that motivation, the deepest motivation, it can be written in a form of a fictional story and let this person start picking up what they want to pick up. So in The Greatest Miracle in the World, he had this model in these stories, a character named Simon Potter. Well, I've modeled the same thing in my books. If it worked for me, I think it can work for someone else. So I created a character called Amicus. And Amicus is this all-knowing human being that in the last couple of books that I've written, he's come into situations where people have needed to be guided through. And we never know who Amicus really is. And I won't even begin to say who I think Amicus is. I'll let a reader figure out who they think Amicus is. But in the books, the book, A Better Life, an inspiring story about starting over. It's a fictional tale where a guy who lost his fiancee, she left him, he got fired. He didn't know what the hell he was going to do in life until he met a character named Amicus. Then there's the four fibs where a guy's taking a stroll out on the beach and all of a sudden he's seeing this mysterious guy feeding the birds. He goes over and feeds the birds with him and the guy ends up revealing the four fibs that hold you back from succeeding in life how you want to. So yeah, the four fibs. 
A Better Life, an inspiring story about starting over. They're both in ebook form. Amicus 101 is a book in soft cover you can find on Amazon.com or go to my website. Any book that I order from my website, of course, I always send more books than you order and I always autograph them. But (laughs) that's what I like to write about, man. I like to write these fictional stories that help you to get off the couch and quit buying imaginary vowels from Pat and Vanna and go do something (laughs) great, right? (laughs) Right. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Oh my gosh. Well, what do you have right now, like on your, whether it's an immediate goal for yourself or something that's long-term that you wouldn't mind sharing? Well, certainly we have Extra Mile Day coming up on November 1st, and that's Mm -hmm. always a big one. And then I have an axe sharpening adventure here coming up in the next month and a half where I'm going to get to Greece and walk across Greece. And and then certainly life is not always about big goals, but it's about creating big moments. And as soon as this podcast is over today, it's my goal to get out on the beach and go watch the glistening water and to feel the sand underneath my feet and maybe even meet a cool seagull. Yeah, that's going to soar. That's going (laughs) to soar. And I'm going to say... I've got to share this with you, and I know we're running out of time. So, yeah, so earlier this year, I took a 15-day cruise to, to Hawaii and back. And so I'm out there in the middle of the ocean. When you're out there in the middle of the ocean, you, there's not a whole bunch you're seeing when you're sailing from San Francisco to Hawaii. So I had made it this goal on the 10 days that we were on the sea that I was going to walk the laps on the ship, which are yeah. measured because I had a goal of walking 100 miles on the water in 10 days, right? Right. So we're out there in the middle of the ocean. I'm on the upper deck. I'm walking my laps, man. I'm just cranking it. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, there is a damn ass seagull flying. <laughs> there is a damn ass seagull flying out there. And I swear, because of my life and my experiences, you know what? This is the honest truth. I looked at that seagull and you know what I said? Hello, old friend. Oh. And that oh. seagull, again, had the courage because there are ocean flying birds that somehow mysteriously, they fly out all across the water, right? Yeah. But that my first reaction, because that seagull was hovering and he, as I was coming around that track and here he was, he was hovering and I saw him and I just said, hello, old friend. Oh my gosh. Again, 90% of the people in the world will think complete coincidence, but for people who live with a deeper passion and purpose and connection to everything, we don't think that. Right. No, no, not at all. Oh my gosh. That is, I got chill bumps. That is amazing. It's amazing. Did you get your miles in on the water? Yes, I did. (laughs) Yes, I did. And I had to get up that last day because we were going through some really rough water. And you can't see me now, but imagine like I'm a drunk guy just staggering back and forth because the ship is rocking so much out in the ocean. So I'm trying to do the miles. It's early in the morning. And I know, I know I am literally a half hour away from the captain making announcement that we have to get off the deck, right? Yeah. And so I am walking as fast as I can. I literally get my 100th mile finished and seven minutes later, the captain says, everybody has to get below. The water's a little too oh. rough. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that is amazing. That sounds like an interesting trip for you. Well, let's get to our fast five questions. These are mm. this or that. They're tailored for you mm. and it'll just help us, you know, they're fun just to get to know you a little bit. So you may have already answered the first one for me, but the first one is walking or cycling. I haven't even been on a bike since the last time I rode across the country. In fact, if we were to go look at my bike downstairs, you will see sand in the front tire from the Atlantic Ocean when I push that across the... Wow! Yeah, so walking. Walking, okay. Number two, Japan or Spain? The greatest experience I've ever had in my life is in Japan. I'll tell you, 750 miles, I walked across Japan in 48 days. It's the only country I've ever walked across that I could not really communicate with the people because Shikoku, the third largest island, they don't speak a whole lot of English there but I've never felt such connection to human beings in my life. 
They knew I was what was called a Henro hiking the 88 Buddhist temples by the jacket I was wearing. And every day, two to three people would come up and present me with a gift because they wanted to be a part of oh. my experience. I've never felt such graciousness and gratitude and connection. No words, just feeling. Oh my gosh. So Japan. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Number three, podcasting or public speaking. Woo. I'll tell you what, man, if you felt even the slightest bit of energy today on this podcast, you should only see me hit the stage. I am sure. Yeah. I love it because then I can see all the faces and they can see me and then I feed off it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm sure. Okay. Number four, hiking or journaling, Mm. blogging, you know, Mm. writing. That's like a 50.0 and a 50.0. You know, I believe that there's power in both of them. I write every single day in a journal because I believe that the life worth living is the life worth recording. But I'll tell you what, when I'm hiking and being connected to nature and everything, that's where I find my purest self. So I'm finding my pure self in both, really, because I'm going deeper within myself. Journaling gets painful. Hiking can get painful with my feet. But, you know, I'm going to probably say journaling because I hope to the last minute of my life I'm still riding. All right. And number five, elevator or escalator? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, when I go through an airport, I'm never taking the elevator. And if there's stairs next to the escalator, guess what? I'm not on either. I'm taking right. the stairs. No, I'm hauling my luggage up to the stairs. But I'll look for an escalator that's got nobody in front of me because then I can still treat them as stairs. So I'm taking escalator, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Give me the stairs every day. Yeah. That's a good question, Shannon. Well, good. Well, the most important question we think and we ask everyone is, what does a life well lived mean to you, Sean? So I always have this picture in my head. I call it the rocking chair test. And at the end of my life, I visualize myself on a deck sitting outside in an old rocking chair And I'm looking at the scrapbook of my life and I'm looking at all the pictures and I want to make sure that everything in that scrapbook are things that I want to do. A life well lived to me is one where at the end, I'm not going to say at all, I wish I would have done that. A life well lived is one that doesn't have to use the words, I wish I would have done that. Mm, Yeah. Oh, that's, that's great. I know we've mentioned several ways through the podcast, but please tell our audience where they can find you, how they can get involved in Extra Mile Day, how they can get a hold of your books, the work. Well, I'll tell you what, I hope they go to the website, seananderson.com. And I spell my name S-H-A-W-N, anderson.com. And if they've liked anything that you and I've talked about today, every Thursday, I put out an email called Extra Mile Thursday. And today was the 551st Thursday where I have done my best to inspire with stories and writing. It's super short, but it's got only one intention. It's to either push or pull you up your gold mountain. I hope they go and they sign up for that. Yeah. And never once do I ever sell anything. It's not my mission in life. It's all I want to do is help other people achieve their mission, right? Right. The blog today was called Me to Doozy Lately. So there you go. Me to Doozy Lately. (laughs) (laughs) So hopefully that will bait someone to go sign up, right? Yeah. (laughs) Me to Doozy Lately. I'm going to go and sign up right now. (laughs) Okay. Awesome. Well, Sean, thank you so much for being here. This was amazing. It's just as amazing as I thought it would be, but it went a little extra mile past that. Shannon, you're being far too kind, but I love it. Thank you so much. I hope that we gave your audience something today that they can use to help their life. Yeah, I am most certain that you did. But thank you so much for your time. Gratitude. Thank you so much. I mean, that episode went the extra mile, right? (laughs) Yeah, it certainly did. I mean, yeah, you know, I try. You try, yeah. Sean is, you know, what you all didn't know, normally in these episodes, we have these visual, like we use StreamYard where we record and we meet someone. It's kind of like Zoom, 
and we do like a face to face has always just worked out that way. And Sean is such a gregarious person. I can relate to this because I'm this way when I'm on the phone, like a, a business call and I'm talking, I put my earbuds in and I am pacing and I'm walking around and this is kind of how I get my thoughts out. And so that is how Sean approached this episode, which you can feel that in his energy. And so I have done a few episodes where the person didn't come on camera for one reason or another. So he, you know, you could sort of tell, I don't know, I just kind of pictured him pacing and walking as he's talking like he does on stage. And I thought it was really powerful. Yeah. And once again, something totally different that you haven't quite experienced with guests yet. Usually we're sitting down and yeah. Yeah. So you get a little something different probably out of that. Yeah. yeah. I love that this episode two is coming just before extra mile day, which we talked about November 1st. So we highly encourage you to get your town involved in this. I'm sure that there are tons of people that you know in your town or city who have done really great things, went that extra mile. The link is down in the show notes. And yeah, but as far as takeaways, the whole thing was just, you know, I guess I wouldn't have expected anything different, but you know, sometimes not our guests, but sometimes in life, the really positive people can probably, you know, sometimes let you down. Sean, I mean, went the extra mile. Oh, no, he sure did. He had a lot of good little stories. I, I love the one about the cruise ship. And the seagull? The, and the seagull. Yes. Yeah, going from California to Hawaii. Yeah. On the cruise ship and was and walking 100 miles. I think it was 100 miles. I can't remember, but so, it was a lot. And he wanted to do that over the water. Over the water, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty neat. That's a neat place. And he did it, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. And the seagull came back to visit him. Came back to visit him. I mean, that's like a book. (laughs) That's like a a movie or Uh something. Yeah. So inspirational. Yeah. It really is. Him and the seagull. And I think he said, hello, friend. Hello, old friend. Yeah. Old friend. Yeah. We always say if this episode resonated with you or if you know someone who would benefit from it to share it, anyone would benefit from this episode. Please share it. Please send it around. What great inspiration he is and follow Sean Anderson and everything that he's doing. And, you know, we talk about putting positivity out in the world and gosh, what a positive guy. Oh, it just seems endless with him, doesn't it? Yeah, Yeah. it does. As always, you can find us at arneradventures.com on Instagram at arneradventures, also linked in the show notes. So until next time, enjoy the journey that you're on. We're wishing you lots of adventures. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.